Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Delta Dental First Impressions Podcast. I'm Tom Bergeron, the editor and owner of ROINJ. I'm joined today by Tom Brackett. Since 2011, Tom has been the CEO of the New Jersey State Chamber, which represents a lot of companies in New Jersey and many of the largest ones. I'm going to do a little little background on Tom before we bring him in. Uh, Prior to the Chamber, Tom spent about four decades in the banking and financial industry. I'm going to rattle him off. President of Tri-State Capital Bank's New Jersey operation. President and CEO of Sun Bank Corp. Executive spots at First Union Bank and Core State Financial. Somebody threw a joke in here. says, you turned down a job at Bedford Falls Trust and Savings. For those of us who are It's a Wonderful Life fans. Um, He's the former chair of the Economic Development Corporation of Trenton and of the New Jersey Bankers Association. And he serves on the U.S. Chamber's Economic Task Force and Committee of 100. More than anything, Tom will tell you, he is a proud graduate of Bucknell. Welcome, Tom Bracken, to the show. Thank you, Tom. And more than anything, <laughs> I'm the proud grandfather of four grandchildren. Oh, look at that. Look at that. How old, Tom? Hey, Give me some ages. Pardon me? Give me some ages. 10, 6, 4, and 3. See, and we know that he's got a 10-year-old because Tom's hooked up electronically on the podcast, and it has to have someone under 12 to do it, myself included. So it's always good to have the younger generation working right away. That's Um, true. Look, we're here to have some fun. We're here to talk a little bit about business in New Jersey, which is Tom's favorite topic. Um, Topic number one is going to be big business in New Jersey because at the state chamber, most of the largest corporations in, in the state are members. Tom works closely with them. So let's start there because they're impacted a little bit differently than others. Two issues. I know it's your favorite, the CBT, the corporate business tax. It is sunsetting at the end of the year. A number of people say it shouldn't. Uh, governor uh, Mayor Fulop, who hopes to be Governor Fulop, has said he would bring it back to right. specifically pay. Talk about the CBT and its impact on not just large businesses, but all businesses in New Jersey. Well, Tom, you're right. It's going to sunset at the end of the year. Uh, There's no guarantee that in the lame duck session, somebody might try to bring it back. That's always a possibility. But the governor, who was staunch in his um, stand on letting it sunset, has also said if it does come back, he will again oppose it. Uh, Not not oppose the... uh, um, He he will oppose it uh, being reinstituted, is what he said. So... um, Yes, that was a big benefit, uh, mostly a big benefit to maybe 500 companies in New Jersey. Uh, not much benefit to some of the smaller companies, but, you know, it, that's on a direct basis. Indirectly, it helps everybody because uh, by reducing the tax burden on these large companies, it'll give them the incentive to keep more of their operation in the state, maybe grow in, in the state of New Jersey. And their presence and the people that are working there will then frequent the downtown shops, uh, the Main Street shops, uh, hire people. It does have a, a, an indirect benefit to a lot of the small businesses also. So it, it it has those benefits. But probably more than anything, it's the reputational aspect of having this thing sunset. And what I mean by that is this was a temporary tax that was put on during COVID because of uncertain economic times. It was meant to sunset. It was meant to go away a year ago. It was extended for a year because we still had some issues the state was facing, but it was never meant to be permanent. And uh, the governor uh, said, look, a deal is a deal. 
This was not meant to be permanent. It's going to go away. It should go away. That was the deal we made, and I'm going to stick by my word. And I think the 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 uh, reputation of our legislative and executive leaders and, go and the, the governor is extremely important to any state. And the governor keeping his word, I think, tells the, the outside world and also companies here that if the governor says he's going to do something, he will stand by it and not waver, which is what he did. So reputation means a lot in business, and the governor kept his word, and that is very, very beneficial to our state. So let me jump in here. Look, reputation is key, but everybody knows there's not a politician that doesn't like a tax. Nobody gives back money, which what the yeah. governor is doing here. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Talk a little bit when you talk to the big companies and they're always debating about whether they're here or they're there and all the incentives. How important is it, this reputational standpoint to companies when they're making these decisions? Very important. If they, if they can't, Companies like predictability, companies like uh, to have reliable uh, people that they can rely on. So the impact of having the governor keep his word, uh, which um, I, I think uh, the larger companies uh, have to deal with every day, those reputational issues and decisions they make, it means a lot to them. Uh, and uh, the governor is the leader of our state. If you can't rely on his word, who can you rely on? So him keeping his word and doing this meant a lot to the entire state, meant a lot to the big businesses, and really helped our reputation, uh, maintained a good reputation that we have, and didn't diminish it, which would have been disastrous. All right. So we talked about where the governor's getting love from the big companies. Let's talk about where he's getting a sideways glance, and that's the unemployment insurance trust fund and replenishing it. For, just to bring everyone up, everyone up to speed, Look, New Jersey shut down before most, it stayed shut before most, gave more unemployment than most. That was all good. And when the federal government gave us a few bucks, right, a lot of people thought we would use that to replenish the unemployment trust fund, which I don't know what the number is, 36, 37, 42. In some way, other states use that money to rebuild it. In New Jersey, we didn't do that. And it's up to the companies to rebuild that unemployment trust fund. Uh, listen, unemployment doesn't come from just doesn't come out of the air. It's got to come from a fund and it comes a lot from both the employees and the employers. How big of an issue is that with with big companies about the governor uh, and the legislature failing to help replenish that fund, which I think is one point seven billion dollars short, which is no walk in the park. Right. Um, it's a, it, it is a big issue. And it, it was. um we are one of the few states that didn't use the COVID money to replenish that uh, unemployment trust fund. And therefore, the burden of that falls on the entire business community, small businesses, medium and large. And it's a big number. I think uh, you said 1.7. I think it's a little less than that. Regardless, it's a lot of money. And that takes cash flow away from these companies. Cash flow, cash is king in, in business. And therefore, that cash is going to the uh, replenishment and not to their operation, which is a is a major handicap in there. Uh, but I have not heard Tom, one company, small, medium, or large, say that I'm not going to stay here, I'm going to leave here because I didn't get the unemployment trust fund replenished. I haven't heard that one at, at all. So it is an issue. It would have been great if it was replenished. I don't think it will be. But um, I don't think because of the lack of uh, negative comment on that that is 
that ranks up uh, with some of the other issues businesses, businesses are facing right now. All right, so let's talk about that. And we're going to go to the small and the medium-sized business. And I know that the state chamber has been a big proponent of making more availability to credit and grants to small and medium-sized businesses because they need that not just to hire people, but to stay afloat and maybe to expand the access to credit. Interest rates are going up. Um, has been a real issue. Talk about that impact. Working capital is the lifeblood of business. If you don't have cash, uh, you know, it's all over. Right now in the country, we have no major federal programs that companies can get cash from. We have no large state programs that companies can get cash from. And add to that what the, uh, the banking crisis, uh, what emanated from the banking crisis, which is uh, banks having to shrink their balance sheets because of deposit runoff uh, to improve their capital ratios. And they are cutting back on credit. So the major sources of credit that have been available to companies are either not there, which are the federal and state programs, or are being cut back. So working capital has become a precious commodity for companies. They, a lot of companies need help. They're strapped for cash, which is going to cut down on their operation, their ability to hire people if they could find them. Going to cut back on maybe the hours that they uh, serve the public, cut back on their purchases of inventory. It's a, it's a big problem. So our proposal, which has been out there since COVID started, was to make a very significant cash grant fund available to businesses that qualified based on whatever need qualifications were uh, put forward. And we've been asking from day one for a $2 billion, that's billion with a B, grant that could be available to those companies to allow companies to survive uh, and uh, get through whatever economic downturn is coming or, or what is in place and or how long it will be in place to give them the ability to survive and be here when the, when the crisis is over. So we've been asking for that. Uh, the state EDA has provided over a billion dollars since COVID in that kind of uh, grant funding, but um, it's not enough. It's just not enough. And it has also been parceled out in segments and not made available to the general business public. So our proposal is to make it available to everybody and to make it more significant with a $2 billion number. And that would help a lot of companies get through this very difficult time. And look, let's talk about some of the needs. Uh, you know, we haven't mentioned it yet, but attraction and retention. Attraction and retention comes up. Part yep. of that is creating better workplaces for your employees and the ability to attract it. A lot of that goes to, to benefits that come in. Look, this is a Delta Dental First Impressions podcast. We're going to say it. You know, being able to offer that type of, of coverage and benefits to your employees is a big thing. Being able to offer a cool workplace is a good thing. Being able to offer, you know, unique situations Anything that comes in a benefit package is huge. And the more money you have, the more you're able to create a better show for, for your existing employees and potential employees. Uh, that's right. all part of the picture, right? Yep, it is. And not to say, not the least of which is to uh, hire people if you, if you have the demand that you can't meet because of the staff you have now and to pay the wages that are needed to retain people. You know, employee retention. There's a big need to hire more people in a lot of companies, but there's probably even a bigger need to find a way to retain the people you have, add cash, and the benefits that could accrue from cash, 
being reinvested in the company or those people goes a long way for uh, um, uh, helping mitigate the retention issue. All right, let's go. We're going to take a quick break here because we like to bring up our lightning round. And and for those of you on your bingo card who had Tom praising the governor, the legislature, and the EDA in the first 10 minutes, man, bring in your card. You've got a winner. That, that was a shocker to me. Um, so, Tom, I'm going to give you a chance to do a few more shout outs. Give us a couple examples of small, medium, and large companies, not necessarily the most successful ones, but the ones that have an impact and doing cool things for the state that should be a model. You know, Tom, I knew you were going to ask that question. And in my 42-year banking career, and my 12 years at the Chamber, I have come across hundreds of thousands of businesses. And, you know, I can't tell you how great almost every one of those companies are and the leadership and the ownership of those companies. So to single anybody out would be difficult. But I will tell you that my favorite industry in New Jersey and the one I would single out is the utility industry. Utilities in New Jersey have been the uh, foundation of our business economy. Throughout the years, the leadership of the utilities has been outstanding. Philanthropically, they have done an enormous amount for the state of New Jersey. Right now, as we're dealing with some uh, diversity supplier issues, I think utilities might lead the pack at how they deal with diversifying their supplier base. Uh, reputationally, they deal with issues of keeping the lights on and keeping your house warm. And in this state with uh, the weather we get, that's a tremendous challenge. I think they do an outstanding job of that, supporting therefore the entire uh, population of our state and the business community of our state. I I'll give a big shout out to your answer to our utility industry, which is just outstanding in my mind. You know what? And, and I'll second that and I'll say they're number on the list of thankless jobs too, because you never hear about them until the lights don't go on, and exactly. and we all want our we want our beautiful trees, and then there's right. a big storm, and they take out a wire, and it can't be fixed fast enough. So the the men and women, and you're right, they're doing a great job to diversify their workforce. They're doing a great job to diversify their contractors <laughs> and vendors. Uh, I will second that 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 emotion, so to speak. All and, good. And the other thing about the utilities, Tom, I, people have to understand how difficult the job of maintaining our uh, utility infrastructure is. I mean, if you see people on poles and it's pouring and the wind is blowing up to a certain level, this is a this is not a fun job. I mean, maybe they think it is. I wouldn't think it is. <laughs> but they do a tremendous job of getting people back up and running in a very short period of time. You got to give them a huge shout out. And look, we are the garden state. There, it, you may not know it in some parts, but there's plenty of vegetation, plenty of trees. Um, that provide a lot of difficulties. All right, since yep. we got on this New Jersey love fest here that we're going, I want to talk <laughs> about the bond agencies which suddenly have fallen in love with New Jersey. But look, let's keep it in perspective. One, I always joke with people in the governor's office in the EDA, and they talk about, oh, New Jersey's had 476 bond you know, increases this year. Well, the more ratings agencies you have, I mean, you're going up one level at a time, and if four different agencies do it, I think that's one increase, not four semantics, but I'm just going to throw it out there because it's because it's my show and I get to do that. Um, but the fact of the matter is the bond agencies have been going up. In April, Fitch, Moody's, S&P, the three big ones, all jumped up. Moody's yep. went from A2 to A1, which aside from being a steak sauce that I hope nobody uses anymore, no disrespect to them, um, what does A1 mean? I'm going to tell you. I got in front of you, in front of me. That means A1 is upper medium, 
It's fifth from the top, triple A prime, double A one, double A two, double A three. And why can't they just go A to Z? I don't know why everything needs to be an A. Anyway, the bond rating's going up. There's no argument there. What does that mean? And does that surprise you that we were able to turn that around and turn around as quickly as we could? The bond rating goes up. Um, the biggest benefit of that is the cost of borrowing for the state of New Jersey goes down, which reduces the pressure on the budget. That's the, probably the biggest benefit. Second biggest benefit is psychologically. You know, anything, anytime anything is, is rated better than it was, you know, people have to, uh, people will probably notice that. That's a positive, not a negative. So bond ratings go up is important, but you have to put it into perspective, Tom, and fair is fair that even though our bond ratings are going up, we're still one of the lowest rated states in the country from the standpoint of bonds. Uh, so we have so we have a ways to go to catch up with our competitor states, but we're still going in the right direction. Uh, and that's something that we should be applauding and many people are applauding that. But the the reason we're going up really has nothing to do with or are limited to do with an increase in our basic underlying economy. It has to do with the fact that we got a lot of COVID money. The uh, governor and the legislature spent it wisely and put away quite a bit in a reserve fund. Uh, they balanced the budget with it. Um, so that is, it has probably the biggest impact on the bond ratings going up. What we need to understand is that once all that uh, COVID money goes away and the benefit re we receive from that, we have to replace that money with some other form of revenue to be able to sustain the growing state budget that we have. That let, me, is let me guess, you're going to suggest more taxes. Uh, Tom, <laughs> uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. But, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a choice that might have to be made if... We don't do the alternative, which is find ways to, to, to provide more support to the business community, allow the business community in New Jersey to grow, which will generate uh, revenues from taxing their profits, revenues from taxing their employees, revenues from the sales tax that those, the employees will spend because of the jobs they have. An increase in the business community is the best and only way I know of to create a sustainable, organic source of income for our state to be able to uh, withstand the impact of the reserves going away and um, our state budget growing. All right. I'm going to steer away and go to more. Man, this is this is a Delta Dental First Impressions podcast, but it sure feels like it's the iHeart New Jersey podcast because there's a couple of other things that came out that's pretty impressive. First of all, I'm going to start with your statement. We were talking the other day and you said, we're better than people think we are, which to me would be a hell of a thing to put on a license plate. Might be a little longer, certainly better than the Garden State. But we're better than people think we are. But lately, people are thinking we're pretty good. I'm going to give you two polls. CNBC in July, most improved place to do business in the country. We're up 23 spots. Now, it moves us from 42 to 19. And even Governor Murphy says nobody wakes up in the morning and says, yay, we're number 19. But let's be fair, it now puts us more in the Northeast. In that poll, Massachusetts and Pennsylvania were 15, Delaware was 18, we're 19, New York is 20. For those scoring at home, North Carolina, Virginia, and Georgia were one, two, and three. The other poll was the third best place to live and work. So in other words, you might wanna have a place where you can actually live, not just work. This was interesting. We are number three in the country. 
and we're trailing only Maine and Vermont. And that's pretty good. That's a hardy Northeast, um, gives us credit to the great education we have. So let's talk about the good things that we have. How do we leverage the assets that we do have? First of all, Tom, you're not wrong very often. I think, <laughs> number, I think we're number two is the best state to live in. Not all right, two. all right. Came out. I don't know who's first. It's probably feeding me here, Vermont, one of the two. We're getting better as we talk, Tom. What more could yeah, you we want? Yeah, we're, we're moving up to feeding shade. Um, so um, the interesting thing about these polls is we, we rose very quickly in some of these polls. And if you look at what, um, f- first of all, the states around us that are ranked higher, we are point blank better than those states in almost every aspect you can think about. Maybe the poll doesn't say that, but there's a couple of issues. The, the polls were based on, I think, seven or eight criteria. The two areas, so the two criteria that we uh, performed poorly on were cost of, cost of living and business friendliness. Cost of living, I think we were 41st in the country. Business friendliness, we were 48. Cost of living, we got a, that's a long-term battle. We probably will have a tough time moving up on that one. But the business friendly uh, issue where we're 48, we can attack that very aggressively and do some things there that would move us very quickly up in that scale. And that would take our entire ranking up higher. I would say some of the things we are suggesting that the governor and the legislature do, if they do them, the business unfriendly category will move up very quickly. We could end up being in the top 10. What a great place to be. So the polls are one thing, but you have to really break them down to see what makes up those polls, to see where you can do things to attack where you are weak uh, to try to improve your overall ranking the next time. All right. We're talking about things that are good about New Jersey, and that leads us right into our second lightning round. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a few subjects. You give me your choice. We're going to start with Jersey music. We can say Sinatra. We can say Springsteen. We can say Whitney Houston. We can say Cool in the Gang. What do you like when you're, when you're putting on your Jersey music? Where are you going, Tom Bracken? Uh, my serious radio on the, in the car is locked into 60s gold. I grew up in the 60s. I listened to 60s music a lot. But of the ones you, um, the ones you um, outlined, Springsteen, Sinatra, Whitney Houston, etc. Uh, I like I like the Sinatra channel. I mean, I think Frank Sinatra probably was one of the best performers ever, and his music is just kind of very uh, poetic, and, and his words are uh, outstanding. My favorite song by a long stretch is "My Way," which is his theme song. So of the of the names you listed, I would have to put Sinatra at the top. All right, let's get down to some serious business. Sports teams, we can do football or baseball, Giants, Jets, Eagles, Yanks, Mets, Phillies. What, what What's your hat say? Even though I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, I've been a lifetime Yankees fan. I'm suffering right now. Uh, uh, it's a little disappointing this year, but football-wise, my daughter married um, a former executive of the New York Giants, and they are all in with the Giants. I mean, all in and sp- in in caps. So I am now a New York Giants fan, but growing up in Western Pennsylvania, I was a Cleveland Browns fan and suffered for decades with them. So I'm very quickly uh, emanating over to the Giants. 
Cleveland Browns, that's that's a tough ass. It's torture. Jim Brown, after Jim Brown, it was all over. <laughs> all right. Since we're in New Jersey, we got to talk Italian food, restaurant, pizza shop. What's your favorite dish? What's your favorite place to go? What's your favorite piece of pie? What do you like? My favorite food, period, is angel hair pasta with meat sauce. There you go. Very basic, very hometown, comfort food. I love it. My favorite Italian restaurant, I, yeah, I like I like a lot of Italian restaurants. But what I go to the most is in the town next to me, Hopewell, and it's called Antimo's, A-N-T-I-M-O. Great Italian food. I go there quite a bit. They have good pizza there. Uh, so I would say just by the sheer fact that I go there more than often, it probably would have to rank as my favorite. All right, here's a big question. Are you allowed to put pineapple on a pizza? I don't. My granddaughter does. Ah, so I spent a little time in Southern California growing up. Nothing better. For those of you out there, ham and pineapple, nothing better. I'll take the guff. It always comes. Yep. Uh, last question on your favorites. Uh, favorite spot at the shore. Where would you like to go if you can go anywhere? Um, where are you going to be at? My house in Mantaloki, which was... Um, Severely impacted by Sandy, as the entire town of Manloki was. Manloki was ground zero for Sandy. Every town, every every property in the town was impacted significantly. Mine was too, but everything's been rebuilt. It's a wonderful place with uh, families there for generations. It's only an hour from my home, uh, and uh, I go down there as much as I can every weekend. My grandchildren come down. Uh, it's just a wonderful place. So it sounds like they're going to get handle trouble there right, right away from what I'm getting in the background. Um, all right, let's look ahead for the state. Something coming up, and this is going to go to someone we haven't talked about an issue. Uh, the EDA and, and Tim Sullivan has been doing great work. Choose New Jersey and Wes Matthews, and before him, Jose Lozano, had been doing great work for the governor. Another big trade mission coming up to Asia uh, in October couple of countries. Um, obviously, there's huge connections here. Talk about the importance of these economic trade missions with Murphy was doing. First, it, it, we had, I can't remember the order. We've had India, we've had Israel, we've had Ireland. There's been a number of places he's gone. He, he wanted to go to Asia pre-pandemic. He's finally getting there. How important to that in such a multicultural state that we have? Before I get to that, you mentioned Tim Sullivan and Wes Matthews. I agree. They've done great jobs, as did Jose Lozano. Another person who deserves credit that um, is kind of under the radar screen is Melanie Willoughby at the Business Action Center. They've helped so many companies get through issues and navigate the, the maze of uh, the regulatory maze of New Jersey. You have to give her credit for coming in and making and streamlining that organization. So Melanie Willoughby deserves a shout. I just like Tim and uh, Wes do. I will um, second that, and that's just the Jersey spirit. Everybody talks about Jersey, but we certainly are, are quick to give somebody a hand when it's needed. All right, yep. to you, Asia. Uh, I, I know that the governor, since he started these trade missions, I think Asia has been maybe number one on his list from day one. He's finally going to go in October. Uh, he's going to visit uh, Japan and South Korea. And I just heard this morning from somebody who's going that um, – there's also going to be some business to Taiwan. So it's a big mission to uh, broadcast what's going on in New Jersey to try to get companies to uh, consider uh, relocating some of their facilities here. 
Um, and a lot of the positives that we talked about earlier, the new CNBC poll, um, the bond ratings, uh, the business-friendly uh, uh, legislation that's come out of the legislature over the past six months to a year, all those are things that they can highlight when they go there. And it's a pretty timely mission, I think, because all these things are coming together at once and the governor can take them on his trip. And, and the governor is, uh, from anybody who's ever seen him in action with uh, uh, companies or prospective uh, companies coming to New Jersey, he is as good as it gets in selling the state of New Jersey. So with these added um, uh, benefits that have come through with uh, the bond ratings and the, and the rankings, you know, that arming him with that good news uh, will put him in a very good position, hopefully, to lure more companies here. You know, the previous trips, whether it's been Israel or India or Ireland, have brought more companies yep. and expanded the, the number of companies from from Asia, from 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 Japan, China, Korea, just to start uh, is tremendous here. They can just grow. Um, and I know another area of growth that's coming, and I think this might be his last trade mission, is to get to Latin America. I know there's right. a push there, um, a huge Hispanic population uh, in the in the New Jersey. Um, that's another place where, look, we are a melting pot. The governor has embraced it. Everybody embraces it as they should. It makes us better and it makes us stronger and it makes us who we are. That's another possible overseas trip for him to make. Yeah, we are the most diverse state in the country. And diversity and that aspect of New Jersey, that's one of our biggest assets. And one of the assets that we do not leverage anywhere near enough, and you know that my organization um, is very uh, prominent in uh, promoting DEI and all the positive aspects of implementing that to a higher degree in our state. And um, you know, diversity, if if used, if if employed properly, can be a huge economic and cultural benefit to the state. And and my fear, my my fear, my desire going forward is to help uh, that aspect of our economy get more prominence get more involved, get more business, and uh, make our state better by doing so. Tom, I appreciate you saying that. DEI has come under um, a, a lot of fire recently. I don't know why all the studies show how much it benefits everybody, and, and, and some people get confused on what we're talking about here. Th this, is, this is gender. This is race. This is ethnicity. This is religion. This is age. The more people you can bring to the party, the, the better you're going to be. So yep. I, I salute you for saying that. I hope the people listening in uh, fully embrace that because that's what New Jersey is all about. All right. Uh, before you go out, the, the affirmative action uh, Supreme Court decision was horrible. Horrible. And mind-bogglingly uh, idiotic. Yes. I don't know how it will impact the state of New Jersey, but I can tell you one thing. John Harbin of the African-American Chamber and I, you know, have a very big bond and we're pushing forward with PE&I initiatives. No matter what comes out of the affirmative action Supreme Court decision, we are not going to be deterred from going forward and making sure that DEI gets more prominent in the state of New Jersey. All right, that's a great segue to the last part of this Delta Dental First Impressions podcast. Going for the Chamber's Ask, I know you've got your partner in crime, Michael Edgington, who's always over with the governor's office and the legislator, looking for stuff, wanting for stuff. Let's talk about what the chamber will want most, and I'm going to start for you because I know you've been talking about having a, a greater dialogue of economic and business and all of that coming together. Where does that stand? Where do you think you can go? Um, you can't improve anything 
unless you talk about it with the people who are on all sides of the issue. We don't have enough dialogue like that in the state of New Jersey. In the fireside chat, I was a very uh, honored to be asked to do with the governor. I asked him if he would set up an economic council made up of the governor's office, led legislative leaders, and the business community to sit on a quarterly basis and just talk about the issues out there and see if we could find some solutions or begin to work on solutions. You, you can't move forward, Tom, unless you deal with the issues that are out there, and you can't deal with the issues unless you talk about them. So we feel very strongly that that needs to be done. The governor did not say no. Uh, and I think from uh, my understanding of what's going on within his office right now, they are working on maybe trying to find a way to do that. That would be wonderful. And the other thing that I would say is that there's a lot of talk both nationally and statewide about having uh, respectful discourse. Right now we have, you know, these enormous verbal battles that just tear people apart and are very divisive. We need more uh, discourse and more communication that's constructive. But you can't have, you cannot have respectful discourse unless you start with discourse, which means unless you have meetings, you can't have respectful meetings. So <laughs> you have to start with the meetings and then hopefully work in the respectful na nature of it. And if that takes place, we're going to make some progress here. There you go. All right. We're going to close up with lightning round number three. You said it. The governor has said it. He is he is the head of sales. Uh, he is an ambassador, true and true. Um, he is the biggest cheerleader for the state, but I'm going to give you a chance to fill that role. So when you talk to people who are out of state or when you go out of state and you mention Jersey and they give you that look that we all know, Jersey, what are you talking about? What's so great <laughs> about Jersey? I feel sorry for you. You yep. come back with what? Give me your best Jersey comeback. What, what are you pitching to the state when, when people don't believe how good we have it here? I would say to them, why don't you come here and let me take you around? <laughs> let me show you what let me show you what I'm talking about. You know, and if you can find a state that has a combination of the quality of education we have, starting with K through twelve, through higher ed, community colleges, both Botech schools combined with the quality of health care we have in this state, which is enormous, combined with the diversity uh, opportunities that we have in this state, combined with the recreational aspects, uh, uh, possibilities in this state, from the shore to the mountains to the rivers, the infrastructure we have. We have the best infrastructure in the, in the country. It does need work, and we're going to be getting some money to make it better. But we have the best infrastructure and location. What better location is there for business or to live than the state of New Jersey, which is right in the center of the Boston to Washington corridor. Add all that up, and you have an absolute, absolutely outstanding winner, which we are. But you got to come here to see. You can't read about it. You can't watch The Sopranos and say, oh, my God, what's this all about? Or, or uh, the Jersey Shore show with Snooky and that kind of stuff. It's there, but every state has that stuff. But we have so many positives that people don't know about. You really have to live it. So my my comment would be, come here and let me show you around. So there you have it, folks. And if you didn't know it, when, when we were negotiating with Tom to come on, he said, I'm not doing the podcast unless I can talk Snooky. So he got it in at the end. We I hope. Did appreciate it. True, uh, to my, well, true to my word. 
look, this, this has been the latest Delta Dental First Impression podcast. Tom, thanks for joining us. Uh, I, I'm Tom Bergeron from ROI, but I'm going to segue and go to my best Ted Baxter, and I'm going to tell everybody good night and good news. Good luck. Thank you.